This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat. The second beer, you're starting to enjoy it. You kick back, get a bit more relaxed. But it's the third beer, Brent. That is. It's the third beer that where you hit that vibe, a certain mellowness comes over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place, and you've hit that spot that's just right. And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon, and we'd like to talk about the third beer. G'day, buddy. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you Welcome doing? Welcome back. Mate, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Mate, what's your mission? What's Very the What's the thing? You woke up on New Year's Day and are you a resolution setter? Very happy. I am, actually. I've gone a, um, a clean January. Live what's, like, what's that, mate? Live like a yogi. No, really? No meat, no booze. Wow, so the third beer today is actually, I can see sitting in front of me, is the third kombucha. Third kombucha, mate. What's kombucha, bud? Mate, I don't know, but it tastes good. <laughs> It's my it's my supplement beer, and I've uh, I've turned the corner. I'm not sure I'll go back. So I'll tell uh, you what, you need to try the next bar. That's a brand, yeah, yeah. kombucha, and it's cinnamon and lime. Oh, it's nice, so isn't it? Okay, we'll try zero my sugar, all that stuff. It's right, just next week. Oh mate, it's super, super. So uh, I don't know about the third beer, mate. We'll have to see how it rolls. But so you're uh, off forever, maybe. You're done. I wanted to say I'm not going to drink all 2019, but it seemed like a really big thing to do. But uh, a few, you know, two well, weeks. Day two, by day. Two weeks into it, I was going, well, I don't need it. So Why I don't know. You? I don't know. Good on you. I might have a naughty Friday or something. So yeah. I'm not, it's, the, it's still out. a cheat so. day in, in uh, exercise. Yeah? You have a cheat day? How's yours? I have seven cheat days this week. Have you got a stat for us? Well, I did have a stat. But I haven't had one in the last couple of weeks. The uh, the thing there is that I decided this year that I'm not going to weigh myself for a whole year. Okay. Lasted about a week. <laughs> but uh, now I'm still I'm on my mission, my 45-week mission. Still got about another five weeks to go. And uh, I think I've got about seven kilos to lose. To be? To be under 100. <sighs> that was my plan. I just wanted within that 45-week period to get under 100. That was the goal. That was, that was the, the goal. goal. And, uh, yeah, no, but my, my, my mission this year is to make a fuck ton of money. I mean, fuck ton of money. Fuck ton. Seems like a lot. Yeah, well, that's the plan. Plan. That's oh, the plan. All oh, right. I thought that so, was always the plan. It's always the plan. I just put it out there. You <laughs> that know, doesn't, like doesn't seem like a yeah. sort of oh, All right, mate. What do you make of two thousand eighteen? I had one of the. I had a great year. I had a, it was a big turning year for me. Turning, mate. Big but that's turn. what I want to talk about today. Big turn. Mate, we've got a, we've got a special guest with us today. Okay. As we always do on the third kombucha. Oh. Or the third beer, as it used to be known. Oh, yeah. Is uh, his name is Jason Darrington. And I met Jason uh, a while ago, probably about six months ago, actually at the fuck-up nights. Yep, yeah, we, yep, we saw him there. His and lovely wife. I met him. We did. We yeah. met his lovely wife as well. And um, we've been trying to get him on for weeks, but he's just the world's busiest man. So he's now he's now come along and joined us because it's the new year. Everything's happened. And, uh, mate, these guys have got that thing. Remember I was telling you, parent hoodlum? You know, where you talk where the parents are going to go out there and actually be parents and talk to each other and tell them how much the kids are shitheads and shit like that, but then go back and give their kids a cuddle. Remember we spoke about that? I think briefly, yeah. Briefly. Well, we're going to hear a bit more about that today. All right. But at the same time, is welcome, Jason. 
Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you've done this before, mate. But absolutely not. Absolutely but I'm not. You're new to it. Yeah. Mate, you've got a great voice for it, though. Really? Yeah, that bit of accent, the twang. Mm. Where's that come from? England. England. Mm. The South Coast. South Coast. How far down? That's where we speak posh. Oh yes. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Rumor yeah. has it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna hear about you, Jason, and that. Let's let's reflect on 2018 and what you think it was like. And mate, yeah, what's the story with this whole? Cleansing thing. You you always wanted to be a yogi. You done it. Drop five kilos. Yoga every day. Yeah, feeling great. Yeah, you teaching? Yeah, yeah. Still doing some teaching on the side. Oh, awesome. Well, it's chipping along, mate. Doing Ashtanga at the moment, so I'm trying to learn the primary primary sequence, which is pretty intense. What's Ashtanga? Do you, you do yoga, Jase? I've done yoga. Yeah, it was awesome. What sort of yoga do you know? Uh, I don't know. It was just a sweat box in the bottom of a dried out swimming pool every weekend, but. It helped with my back and stuff like that. It really the helped. Bottom of a dried out swimming pool. Yeah, the neighbors had a swimming pool. She did it in the dried out swimming pool. In really? Villa. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. It was really hot in the summer. <laughs> uh, well it didn't dry smell out. nice. Dry, dry. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the stench well, from the old swimming. Are we going to crack these bad boys, Evan? Okay. Yeah. So Let's talk to me okay. about it. What is it? Hey, kabulcha is a natural organic geminant ginger and lime, low sugar. Mate, it's a natural. Uh, I don't. I can't really explain it because I don't really know. It's some type of organic uh, probiotic, uh, fizzy drink that uh, is good for the system and good for the palate and uh, makes you feel like you've just had a kind of beer with no alcohol at all. I think there's a tiny percent of alcohol in these. Things. Should we should we read what it says? It says, "Have you ever heard people say, trust your gut and you'll be right?'" Well, we agree. Feeling good starts from within. Our batch-brewed sparkling kombucha is made with natural organic ingredients and our delicious range of flavours are low in sugar and will leave you feeling good. So what are you waiting for? Okay, let me have a crack first. Oh, not too bad. I'm a bit softy. Come on, Jace, what do you reckon? No, I'm a softy too. There we go. Cheers, boys. Ching, ching. Welcome to the future. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's pretty good, isn't it? I'll tell you what, I'm not a kombucha virgin. I can tell you that, right? Because I, I buy, as I mentioned before, the next back kombucha. But I first had this when I was in Huntington Beach in California. I went over there to see a, a skateboard company and they had it on tap out of a fridge. You know, like you go into a lot of workshops and there's beer on tap. They had kombucha on tap. And he explained he was a very much a hippie, yogury type person. And he explained to me that the benefits of this thing is uh, is like unbelievable. And I was like unbelieved, so I never had it anymore because it always tasted like shit. But mate, that's that's tasty. Is that your flavour? That's the go-to. I tend to go for the, the ginger and lemon, but uh, I'm very versatile, and uh, you know, it's it's it, it feels like I've had a beer, but I haven't. But is that because you're on a personal high at the moment? Because you seem like mate, your energy is boom, like happy man. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling all right. They had a good Chrissy and stuff? Had a great Chrissy with the kids, and yeah. that was all very, uh, you know. And how'd that go? Like, obviously, the first Chrissy um, as a as a separate couple? Yeah, yeah it was pretty uh, tricky at times. Yeah. Got a few stories I'll, uh, I'll share later on. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was good. We did, we pulled it off. The kids had a good time, but it was strange. It was different. Uh, you know, uh, it was our first Christmas apart. We've sold the house. Oh, well done. Lily's moved into her own space with the kids, and, yep. uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the hunt. On the hunt. Coached up and ready to go. First time hey. in my adult life I actually am in no debt at all. So it's an interesting experience. Congratulations. And how does that make you feel? 
Oh, mate, it's just uh, it's just another day, really. Oh, is it? Hmm. You're not really a possession-y type person, are you? No, no I'm not about stuff, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I do need a place. But it's about uh, you know getting up and getting and doing what needs to be done. So nice. But we're not here to talk just about me and my uh, my Christmas. I was how, just asking. How, how was your Christmas? I went to Hawaii for three weeks. Get the hell out of here. So there's my story's over. <laughs> Mate, seriously, one of those things I always wanted to do in my whole life was go to Pipeline, stick my feet in the water, and just sit there and watch the waves. Like, I used to love surfing and bodyboarding and stuff as a kid, and just I love watching the surf and feeling the energy from the ocean was just insane. And we went to the local food land, got a bag full of, like, groceries, sat on the beach for four and a half hours and literally watched the waves, talked and mucked around with the kids, and, mate, it was one of the best Christmases I've ever had. Cool. It was just amazing. The energy that comes out of that place is just, whoo, was amazing. So, yeah, no, we had a great time, turned all technology off, and uh, it was it was awesome. It was very, very nice. What about you, Jace? What did you do for Chrissy? Um, <clears throat> we had a great time. We, um, I won't say what hotel it was, but it was a local hotel. We booked to have uh, breakfast there as a family, which was a magic uh, and then basically snuck into the hotel pool for the whole day. Oh, nice. It was awesome. It was great. We had p- friends calling us going, oh, come to Burley. You know, it's really great down here. And I'm just sat there with my wife. We just got a beautiful spot under a tree. So we had shade all day. Kids were just there in the pool, borrowing toys toys from the other kids who were staying there and just having a great time. And we just thought, nah, we're staying here. So we stayed there till about 4 o'clock. We was there all day. It was beautiful. That's it was awesome. so relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been in Oz? Uh, we're nearly close to two years now. So your yeah. second Christmas in Oz? Yep. Yeah. yeah. A bit different to uh, England. Uh, I can't get my head around it, to be honest. <laughs> um, it, it, it was I, – I, I, three children. Three of them, we got four, we got four children, but three of them, their birthdays are literally from the end of November to the middle of December. So oh, you can't yeah. even think about Christmas yeah. until that's done. Wow, the the like fact that the sun's still out. I've got warm. busy in spring oh, every year. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> spring Chinese. in England was yeah. uh, sunshine time. <laughs> sunshine yeah. and good times. Yeah, yeah. The fourth one was yeah. a little bit later, um, but um, yeah. So I know. I just, I just, you know, I can't get my head around. But my brain doesn't engage the fact that it's Christmas until yeah. about two weeks before it happens. At which point, my wife's getting pretty stressed with me because I'm not got anything. I'm, You're not in Christmas I'm, not even, mode I'm not even got into the mode yet. Yeah, so. I find I was. I think it's the first year I've ever thought about Christmas itself. Like we had the uh, the big Santa talk this year, and they were, they were, it went interestingly. Let's put it that way. But at the same time, um, it was it was the first year I've actually sort of sat back and thought, "What is Christmas like? What's it all about? Yeah. Why is it on that one day?" And like, obviously, it's a, a and you're going to probably correct me here, but it's a Christian celebration. Is that correct? Uh, that has a, a, a its roots. That's the day Jesus was born, or something, wasn't it? That's the day the Catholic Church decided that, that Jesus, Jesus was born. born. Yeah. But there's been, yeah, it's really got to do with the summer solstice and the winter solstice. So oh, okay. There's a long history of this; goes back a few years. Just a few. Just a few. Taking. But it was the, the first time I ever sit there and like we, because we have a family Christmas before we go away, and we go away every Christmas. And this year it was. Uh, the week after my daughter's birthday was on the 11th, so it was the 18th or whatever day that was. And it was like, that was our Christmas. And Santa mm. had come and the whole lot, and we'd done Christmas before we went away. And then on Christmas Day, it was like, oh, like it's just another day. You know yeah. what I mean? It was, it was really bizarre this year. It was the first time I've ever sort of felt like that. 
And um, I, I was sort of trying to think and explain to the kids, like, that's just a special day that we all get together and do that sort mm. of stuff. Because obviously we're not a religious family, but it's um, all based around religion. And I'm sitting there going, well, is it really? Well, I don't know. What do you think about that? Not sure. Because obviously you're, uh, you come from a religious background, if you like. Yeah, it wasn't overly religious. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, there's a spiritual context to it, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you, just, you said that uh, there's many sinners. Yep. So, uh, you know, sin is not just one person. Indeed. It's kind of like the God talk we have every three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a spirit of Christmas, isn't yeah. it? And the kids get excited and, and there's a bit of a fib and uh, there's a beautiful coming together of families and uh, it's a celebration. So, yeah, all those things. So what, what happens to those um, religions, let's say that, that don't, I don't know, are you very religious, Jase? No, I'm not particularly religious, yeah. no. Um, so what happens to those religions that don't have Christmas? Like... Is it Hinduism or Buddhism, one of the two? I think they don't actually celebrate Christmas at all. But do they still have the coming togethers? Like is there a same sort of thing I at can, different times of year? I can shed some light on that. I lived in China for 10 yeah. years, as you know, and um, it's just a normal day. Everyone goes to work, but you go to all the shopping malls, there's Christmas trees, there's the full fill of, of a Western Christmas, yeah. but without the drama. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's Tough. weird. And even, even in a, in the Chinese culture, they're starting to, to give gifts on Christmas day because some okay. of them work, work for multinational companies that close on Christmas day. So they're, they, they're doing it as a token thing. Yeah. But uh, for me, that just shows some of the more commercial aspects of the whole celebration. Yeah. You know, it's they're, they're, they're getting into it because they're seeing trees everywhere and oh, it's kind decorations. Of like Halloween for yes, Australians. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of seeps into saying. our consciousness. Yeah. And, uh, but the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, you can do your Christmas shopping on Christmas Day if you had to. That's why your wife gets pissed off with yeah, you, Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to work on one Christmas because my, my youngest was still a baby and I yeah. just thought, you know what, she was like a couple of weeks old. I thought I'd just go into work and that was a bit strange. You <laughs> it know. would be a Christmas yeah, day. Yeah. Well, I found in the States they don't have Boxing Day. No. So Boxing no. Day doesn't actually exist. So I went and I was talking to one of the um, one of the guys in the shops and I said, oh, you guys open tomorrow? And he goes, like, why wouldn't we? <laughs> it's like, it's Boxing Day. And they go, what's Boxing Day? Yeah. Like they actually don't celebrate that at all. They didn't know that. Boxing Day test match. They don't, know, they don't know about it. <laughs> oh, my it's God. ridiculous. What's going it? on in the world? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then I then I didn't realize that in the states. So then it must be just an, an English and Australian thing. Well, it most must of be something world, we got from the bombs. Most of the world celebrates Christmas on the twenty fourth. There you go. Didn't it's know my that, understanding. Either. Yeah, a lot of the uh, European countries they celebrate on the twenty fourth. Yeah, Christ Child Day or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what about like with the um, um, with the stuff that you follow, like from a yogi type point of view? So your um, what the leader thing's called? That dude that you look up to and talk to and... The guru. The guru. That's the word I was after. Yeah, what do they do? All all different uh, religions have their own different celebrations, mate. And I think there's a couple that line up, you know, uh, the Passover with uh, Judaism and uh, the Festival of the Light with the Hindus. So, I mean, it, it is it a time of year when there is a lot of festivals going on. So yeah, okay. for me, we should celebrate all the all the religions. And there should be a, I agree, 100%. should be a public holiday for like every one of them. birthday <laughs> and, and Allah's Day. We yes. should have a day off of that too. And we should just kind of mess it all up. So that's uh, we get a week holiday every week. That'd it's be a bit great. like that in Malaysia. They've got such a. I mean, it's mostly Islamic, but they they still celebrate other 
holidays, national, you know, so do the Islamic holidays. guys celebrate the Christian holidays it's, and stuff as it's, well? They, there's different areas where they have different days, but yeah, it's like a, the thing about Malaysia is like a public holiday every other week, pretty much through the years. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That'd but be it's, it's all, yeah. Let's follow yeah, the nice. Malays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. I spent six months there last year and spent one third of it just being on public holiday. holiday. <laughs> so let's find out a little bit about you, mate. What's, what's your story? Um, Who are you and where are you from and how did you end up here? I'm from a small town um, called Gosport on the south coast, which is uh, just uh, the other side of Portsmouth on the harbour there. And uh, In England? In England, uh, yeah, 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 the south coast, Hampshire. Um, and, uh, yeah, had a pretty normal kind of life. Lived in a council estate. Parents worked uh, with, like, blue-collar workers and stuff. And, yeah, it was a good life. But then they, they split up and kind of gave me a bit of a wake-up call when I was about 13. Are you an only child or...? No, no, I have a sister. Yep. And then I have lots of stepsisters and stepbrothers and stuff where my it parents came later. are. Yeah, they, yeah. they remarried. But um, uh, that's all good now. And actually. What was that like for you as a kid at 13? Uh, it was tough, right? Because you're 13 and you're just kind of trying to find your feet and know what you want to do with your life and um, or figure out what you want to do with your life. And um, I found it quite hard. Um, got into a bit of trouble, but um, actually came out of it thinking it was probably the best thing that happened to me because that set me on the path that I'm on now where, you know, I lived in China for 10 years. I moved to Brighton on the South coast because I just felt it was the hometown I was in. It was just so sleepy, just didn't inspire in any way. So I moved to Brighton after going there clubbing once, just thought this is amazing. It's a Tuesday night and there's more action going on here than on a Friday or Saturday night in my hometown, yeah, you cool. know, so. Just follow the action. Yeah, man. follow the action, <laughs> yeah. up in Shanghai. Yeah, this yeah. is starting to make sense. Yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. Pattern. It's a pattern of and forming here. And this was here. stimulated by <laughs> mum and dad saying, fuck it, let's yeah. not do this anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, so did you go with mum or with dad? Um, well, I was kind of went with my mum and then went with my dad for a bit. So because um, my mum, she met a fellow and moved sort of out of the area. Um, and that was interesting kind of, uh, my, my dad's new partner and she's a wonderful woman, really looked after him, but she was quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, slipped my mind now, quite dominating in that. And, uh, and basically I think when I hit 21, she, she probably was starting to paint the walls in my room and stuff. Um, no. 21, 18 or 19, she was already starting to paint the walls in the maroon. So, you know, you're leaving. Yeah, because I was leaving. (laughs) But that was good too. I mean, you know, I think that was the right, probably the right thing to do. Didn't feel right at the time, but um, yeah, um, it was all good. Um, So, yeah, um, the unfortunate thing is that the still prickly between my father's wife, she doesn't really like my mum. So, it makes it difficult for him to sit with her and talk about us when we were growing up. Because yep. my sister's younger than me, uh, and she went through a few challenges as well, probably off the back of all that. Um, so it made life a little bit difficult. Um, so I was the middleman, often between, between the two. Yeah, it's yeah. tough at 13, 13, 13 14 being a yeah. Well, you're pretty much going straight into adulthood. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I was a, fortunately a little, always said to be a bit mature for my age. So I kind of dealt with it mostly, but it was tiring, exhausting, and all you wanted to see was your mum and dad sit together and have a talk about you, you know, and it yeah. just didn't happen. So, And did you always want them to get back together? Was that like a oh, mission or was it like you accepted it and moved on? 
No, I think initially I did, but later on I knew it was the right thing for them. Um, uh, you know, it's still probably deep inside. It'd be nice to see them together and have that home base. I mean, you know, that family home you can go back to, but yeah, don't have that. I don't have a. Do you have two or you have none? I, I have none really, okay. you know, because they, they've, you know, I, I kind of, that's why I moved to Bryant. So I figured I need to start my own life properly. So that's why I moved there. It was, felt like there was a lot more opportunity, a lot more um, open-mindedness and stuff. It wasn't a small town. It was, it was still, it wasn't a city at that time, but it's a university town. There's lots of fresh people coming through. You could walk down the street in a banana suit and no one would even button eyelid at you. You know, it, it just felt like you had a bit of freedom. You do often, Chris. Although yeah. you get dressed up as a berry and all of a sudden yeah, yeah. You're, you're attracting a lot of heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, kind of just built myself and discovered myself and what, what was about in, in that time uh, living in Brighton, really. And where was your sister at the time? She, still with mum or dad? Uh, she, I have to really think about this. Um, she, she got pregnant at a very young age um, and by accident. Um, I think that was up near Birmingham somewhere. She met a guy. Um, so that was another drama. Yeah, you know, um, going through all that. Um, and are you still the middleman at this time? No, my mum was pretty much the one dealing with most of that. Um, I'd support her as well, of course, but um, and I support my sister. But that was quite a, a troubling time. And then she met also met a guy who was just nutball, basically, and that caused a lot of friction between um, my sister and my mum. And then later on, she had two girls with this guy, and he kind of kidnapped them from her. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. And then my sister just fell down the hole uh, psychologically as well. So she just, yeah, she, she just went to a dark place for a few years. Then she's back out of it. She's great, fantastic. Yeah. And, and she got the kids back? Or? Um, well, no, they were like 21 and whatever now. Um, this was when they were much younger. Um, but basically, yeah, my mom was really good support for her. She just said, just keep sending her letters, kept sending her in cards, just, just keep chipping away. And then eventually they came looking for her and then, you know, she showed them all the letters she sent and stuff and they're just like, you know, because they were being told lies about yeah, her as well. So she just just kept at it, kept kept being authentic about that and uh, now she has a great relationship with them so they come and stay with her and, oh, yeah, so, yeah, so it's all come good in the end and she's doing, yeah, she's doing really great and, um, yeah, so it's all good. So it's a happy story on That's that good. one. There's always yeah. a, a happy ending. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're in Brighton and then yeah. where, what happens? What are you doing? Are you working? Are you going yeah, to I was working as a car mechanic. That's, you know, that's what I left. I went to art college for about two weeks, not for me, and then did an apprenticeship and uh, ended up uh, working for a national company that gave me the opportunity to move to Brighton from Gosport. It was the same company. And that went, uh, that went really well and, you know, had a, I had blonde hair and yellow pants and bright red car and it's just dressed as a banana. Yeah, it's dressed as a banana. Yeah, <laughs> there's a theme here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a you know I just enjoyed the lifestyle that I had there. You know, being on the coast and you, know, you were single. I was single. Yeah, 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 really enjoyed it. Single and ready to mingle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and there was plenty of places to go and mingle there for sure. <laughs> Like an advertising uh, thing for Brighton now. Yeah. If you're single and ready to mingle, go to Brighton, <laughs> dress as a banana. Exactly. Yeah, there's a poster <laughs> in that one. Um, 
and then yeah, basically, um, yeah, had a few partners and lived with one or two of them over the years, and then kind of just thought, you know what, I'd spent about five years just deciding I'd just be celibate. I got over all the pressure of going out and trying to meet people. You know, too much mingling, too much mingling. Don't yeah. Yeah, I don't want to mingle anymore. So move out of Brighton then? Well, no, it was still good. Oh, still yeah, yeah. So I just, just enjoyed myself and just was a bit selfish for a few years and just thought, you know, when the right person comes, they'll, they'll How appear. old are you at this time? Oh, this is uh, – so I was there for 10 years. So that's, this is when I was about 25, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was life. And then I was able to get a job with a really great car company, which you might have heard of, Porsche. Which was nice car company. Nice car company. Yeah, nice yeah. car. Nice yep. car. Yep. And uh, that was basically that set me off on my trajectory with a career, um, which took me to China. Uh, and then, yeah, so that five years of kind of, kind of just being celibate and just enjoying my own time and yeah, you know, still being social and stuff. And then I was around my mate's house and I heard this this very loud woman speaking in the kitchen. Speaking Australian. Even. Speaking Australian, yeah. And thought, God, she's really full of herself. Um, and I thought, yeah, too much, too much talking. <laughs> uh, and, you know, likewise, at that time, she thought I was a bit of a dick, just sitting in the corner there trying to be all cool with my DJ mates. And um, and then that's, uh, that's the first time I met Dom. Yeah. Yeah, my mate's place. Uh, and then... Yeah, we kind of uh, turns out on that particular day when I met her that her friends were my next door neighbours. Oh, really? So our path started across at the local pub, which is literally. And this yeah. is still in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. So wow. where I live was literally ten minutes walk to the beach and yeah. two minutes walk to the pub. Uh, and the pub was our front room basically for these for us and my neighbours. And uh, yeah, and it's just a part. Our path started across a bit more often, and then they had a party, and then. I asked to hold her hand, and or she asked me. I can't remember now, but uh, yeah. Then about three weeks later, she moved in. <laughs> Holy dooly! Yeah, no mucking around. It, no, it was no mucking around. Mate. China, four kids later. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Yeah. Holy yeah. dooly! Highly productive couple. Yeah. So how long have you guys been married now? Uh, we're going on uh, two thousand eight, so eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah, twelve years together. Nice. Yeah. Twelve ki- Twelve years. Four kids. Yeah. And uh, and a stint. So overseas. you were married twelve months uh, a year into it. Uh, two two years or a year into it. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I think it's two thousand six we met. So we got married in two thousand and eight. What a storm! Two thousand eight. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can't stop love. No, and that was on the back end of your celibacy for uh, yeah, a few years. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. This felt more rounded as a person because I just spent a bit of time on myself. I guess you know. So during that time when you were obviously the, during the celibacy years, mm. let's call them that, yeah. in the Brighton celibacy yeah. years, did you um did you go to some dark places and stuff, or were you no? I was pretty head? no. My head was good. Yeah. Actually, I was pretty content. I was good at what I was doing at work. It was just kind of flowing, you know. Um, but what I did realize is that I needed to change. I needed to change. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think you know the. the when I met with Dom, that was the ideal time, you know, because it all just sort of fell into place. Kind of fell into place, yeah. yeah. So, I reckon relationships are fifty percent. I want to give it. 
60 for 70 percent timing. Yeah. People being yeah. in the right space at the right yeah, time, absolutely. meeting and yeah. connecting and, and, and moving in a similar direction. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, it's, uh, it's so true. And But I think it's also, you know, you've got to work at it as well. And oh, a lot of people oh, sure. don't, you know, they, 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 they trip over the first hurdle and that's it. That, I spent that time knowing what I wanted and knew that it would take work, learning from my parents' experience. Yeah, like I don't, that's not an option for me. So you've got to make sure you pick the right person, yep. you know, and I believe. So was I that mean. in your head when you were meeting other people? Is that, is this the right person? I don't want it to end up like that. Yeah. So that that was always something ticking in the back of your yeah. head when you met yeah. people? Yeah, you just want oh, wow. well, you just want see how you kind of, you need someone who can help lift you as well as you can lift them, of course, because yep. um, that would be selfish. But um, I guess it's just um, someone you can have fun with and someone you can trust and felt relaxed with and, and that's definitely. Is Dom your best mate? Yeah. yeah I, I find the same. My yeah. wife's my best mate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. By, by far, and yeah. um, like I've got mates that we do mate stuff with, and yeah. and there's there's differences between that, but at the same time, she knows everything about yeah. me and yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. like she's the one that knows the good, bad, and the ugly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah. it took me a long time to get. Like, we've been together for many, many, many years, mm. but like um, it, it took me a long time to actually then reveal my whole self. I think yeah. that's probably a good way to do it. Yeah, I think um, I'm still revealing at the moment. Yeah, well. and, that, and that's yeah. what I've done since I've, when I first met Chris. That is a slow strip, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Turn up yeah, a little slow bit. Slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> I want to peak too early. No, I want to peak too yeah, early. Yeah. Keep, they keep, the, keep the honeymoon alive. Yeah. yeah. There's certain things you don't need to do in front yeah. of each other. That's all. Right. One of the things when I first <laughs> met you guys that I absolutely love was the fact that you've got this attitude of like you love your kids more than anything in the world but at the same time is fuck everyone needs a break every now and then. You need need to actually mix with other adults and all that sort of stuff. And I know at the time, I don't know if it's still called parent hoodlum, um, about what's going on there. So how did that come about and is that something that Dom thought of and said, hey, what do you think about this or is that something you both sit sit there and go, fuck, we really need that? Um, I guess it was largely to do with the fact that, you know, we spent 10 years having children in China without family support and a transient community around us. So people were coming and going. In China, were you in a um, compound or anything? Or yeah, you just well. lived in the streets? Not, we, we spent, I mean, no, actually, negatively? We, no, no, we spent, uh, we started off in a couple of apartments, but then as we got, we were able to get a, what they call a lane house, uh, which are like houses built in the 1920s um, in a local community. Okay. And we wanted that because we wanted to be able to feel like we we're experiencing proper China or Shanghai. Um, and it's, that's challenging because Chinese are very insular people, so it takes a while to build up that kind of relationship with them. And even then it's not the full, you know, they're not fully taking you in. But the, it was a great experience. So we lived there for about five years. This is in like downtown Shanghai and um, the old ladies used to nick jumpers for the kids because they thought we didn't keep them warm enough during the winter time, And they helped get them into the local kindergarten down the bottom of the lane. So it was really great. Great experience, you know. There's a guy selling watermelons and shouting. There was a piano teacher down the road. It's, it just you just felt like you were in the soul of the city. Where it, yeah, 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 it has a soul. Um, but some of the compound living is like living in a bubble. You, yeah. you drive through the gate and you could be anywhere in the world, and you know it's just just foreigners everywhere. Or so we didn't really do that the suburbs until the kids had to go to um, proper school. Mm. You know, so. 
and then we did that and we had a villa and a big garden and all that stuff that we couldn't use because of this pollution um but we 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 realized we were on our own we're on the island basically with with our children so this is what parenthood was about was yeah. really the only advantage we had we had uh, uh, an ie which is like a, a a maid as such who worked with us and we could go out whenever we wanted to we didn't have to arrange babysitting and stuff like, like a that. nanny so, yeah yeah like a nanny so we had a bit of freedom there you know even during the day we could go off for lunch together for example uh, which is not so easy here you know so um I don't know, we were just talking about that when we came to Australia, the fact that, you know, we have to work harder to try and connect with people because Dom's family is all in Melbourne. So Gold Coast is is a new place for both of us. A new island. A new island. Um, so basically we were just talking about those challenges and then we started to talk to other people about their challenges because a lot of people in Gold Coast are also not from here, right? Yeah. So and then we just started talking about, those challenges and we just thought you know it'd be great to have this kind of forum where the parents can get together and we can talk about our stories as parents because there's so much stuff out there in social media about what you can and can't do and changes on a weekly basis you know you can't you can have an egg this week next week you can't have an egg because it's whatever and it's a minefield of information now and you know we find that with each child we're, we're learning something new every time you know and, and we get it right and we sometimes we get it wrong and we want to share those stories. So that was the idea, was to create that safe environment where we can get together, have a wine or a beer, and just talk about some of our screw-ups as parents and some of the wins that we've had as well and maybe learn from each other. And also one of the things we've had to do is find ways of getting resources to help us, be it you know, psychological or yoga and that's kid-friendly and things like that. So we thought we'd pull those resources together to provide this information to people. Uh, parents and make a bit of fun of out of it like you know take the piss out yourselves and get other people Great idea. Yeah. what do you think buddy yeah yeah sounds like community yeah that's it that's that's one of the key things creating a bit of a community feel because also we don't have that here now everyone drives into the garage the door shuts and you don't yeah you don't speak to people it's very true there's lots of gates on the gold coast yeah there's lots of gates and i, I now we moved to a cul-de-sac and one of the things I absolutely love is it's full of kids. And yeah. my kids get home from school and say, I'm just going to their place. I'm just going to their place. And they're out the front kicking the footy yeah, and all exactly. that sort of stuff. And it makes such a difference than, oh, can I go and play Xbox or do whatever. It's like, no, you yeah. can't play with the kids out the front because that's what it's all about. Yeah. But at the same time, though, his times are changing. Mm. And that, that's one of the things I think that we need to understand as well. And that, it's really interesting because one of the things we're going to discuss a bit later is that um, – I'm, I'm writing a new book. I've just finished my book. It finally got finished today. Um, I'm meeting the publisher this afternoon and uh, and my book, which um, which is called Embrace the Fail, uh, which talks about my failures and, and also those uh, that I looked up to in life and, uh, and that sort of stuff. But writing a new book and, it, and it's something that's come off the back of these podcasts and things that we've been doing. And I always say kids aren't born assholes. They're trained to, or taught to be assholes. And so the actual book's called Kids Aren't Born Assholes. So we're actually going to do a podcast series called Kids aren't born assholes. And what I want to do is I want to give my thought. I then want to talk to guys like you guys and everyone around us to say, what are your thoughts on these topics to see whether it actually changes my mind. Mm. And my big thing is then, so I'm going to document my thoughts on it, document everyone else's thoughts on it, and see whether that actually changes my mind. And one of the things that I find is that the way kids are parented or 
um, nature versus nurture. Like your kids got brought up in China. That's amazing. Like they, they must have had such really cool experiences and that. And has that changed them and their focus or their, their reality, if you like, because um, they had a nanny or just little things like Like every kid's been brought up different for yeah. different reasons. You at 13 faced hardship because your parents split. And does that mean that your life changed or which way did you go? Those sort of things. That's the sort of stuff I want to discover, if you like, because yeah. everyone's got stories and that's uh, – I love hearing people's stories. Well, I mean, just, just going back to the point that you made about <clears throat> my kids, how they found China. Yeah. They didn't know anything different. Exactly. That was it. In fact, Australia is different for them. You know, obviously we visited a lot, but getting into school, schools here are very different from what they've experienced. You know, Tiger Mums, kids are just – Battery worker studying. Oh, really? The Asian kids are, yeah. least, anyway. Um, there's a big focus on that. And obviously, you know, kids are just worshipped generally in Asia anyway. I don't think, I don't matter where you go, they, they absolutely dote over their children, which is not what we do. You know, mm. we, we do dote over them, but, you know, they're literally, you, you go to a park and there'd be one Chinese kid with about six adults just around them just making sure they don't fall over and wiping their face and taking the sweat off the brow and wow. they're emperors, they're emperor children, yeah. you know, because there's the grandparents and the parents doing How that. does that affect them in later life? Well, it's interesting because it, it's creating, I guess, it's kind of, well, and they're, they're millennials as well. Yeah. So it, what we're seeing is they just expect things to be done quickly for them and they want it now. And, and this, this is one of the challenges I've had in my last job that I was um, talking about earlier is to have different customers. Whereas when I first was working in a workshop, you had very clear baby boomers and, and that was it. But now you've got Gen Ys, you've got Generation X millennials, and they all want different ways of being treated. And they expect different results at different speed. And it's a real challenge to try and match their what they were hoping to experience with with their expectations because well, want, we don't look at life like that do yeah, we yeah it, it's right now it's it's if you're in the service industry it's so hard to, to try and pick out what these what the customer wants because they just got different expectations so different because of the technology has yeah, made yeah. things a lot more accessible so they expect things to happen quicker have you noticed a change chris over the years obviously treating patients and things like that the um that where the where well, so whether they're baby boomers, millennials, whatever that, that um, makes a difference. Uh, yes and no. Okay, I think people are people. Yeah. I think when when you when you break it down, if you break it down enough, the, the the people have their own unique way of engaging and are often looking for very similar things. So, I think there's a front, there's a persona, and underneath of that, people are pretty much the same as they've always been. So I think it's a habit or a tendency or a personality, but underneath it, I don't know. So my job is just to, to wash that away and get to get to where people are people, yeah. even with kids. It's interesting you say that with the Chinese stuff and that as well, because people aren't said no one says no anymore. Like if, no. you, if, you, if someone says, I want that now, well, no. <laughs> You'll get it in a day or whatever. No one does that anymore. And I think that has a massive effect on yeah, society. Yeah. If people actually sit there and actually do you not say no, do you say no to your kids? I say no to my kids all the time. Oh, you do? I do. I do. Do you? Yeah. Well, I do, but then they don't ask me anything anymore. They ask their mum. <laughs> Does mum say no? Because mum says yes, just to get them away. Because uh, they're like, mum, 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 mum. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, but they know with me, I, no, you can wait till later or, you know, or no, you can't have it. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. talk now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's interesting isn't it, how society changes, but yeah. doesn't really change. No, I don't think it does. Because as you say, people are just people. People are people. I think people still want the same. I think you're right. Everyone wants the same, still the same thing, but it's how it's delivered to them. That's their expectations. Yeah. 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 Related. That's the thing. But they can be easily unthreaded, I think. Mm. I think people have a certain sense of who and what they are and what they need. But when you look at it, it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, you look at Instagram now. You're on Instagram? I was. Oh, it was. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I showed you my phone earlier, didn't I? Ah, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Instagram's not a thing for this phone at all. No, no. No free ads, Nokia. No. no right. <laughs> uh, it's just become a magazine. Yeah. It's Woman's Day. Yeah. I don't know how it happened, but you flick through it and you're just flicking through a million pictures that you don't really give a shit about. Yeah. It's quite funny. Pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, did that happen? I don't know how that happened, but it, that's what I noticed happened. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that'll go through stages. Like Facebook did that for a while, and then Facebook turned to video a lot more. Then they turned Maybe. to sort of blogging and stories mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. And you'll find now Facebook's where you go and watch videos, Instagram's where you watch photos. Yeah. Well, they've got those little 30 second clips now that mm-hmm. are coming through. Yeah. But I watch my, ki- watch my <laughs> kids on Instagram. Well, the two Instagram co founders have left because it's becoming more Facebook. But yeah. They just scan through 100 miles an hour, so yeah. no one's really paying attention. They to don't really even look. Not really. There might be something. Yeah. You know, you know? It's just funny to watch. Kids don't watch mainstream television. No. They watch YouTube or they watch Instagram or, or Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, mainstream telly is just dead. Yeah. It's an old commodity. People listen to podcasts. Yes. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, is it? There's lots of podcasts out there. There is a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, nothing yeah. like the third cam butcher, though. <laughs> no, but it's um, funny you say that about your phone and saying no and mm. stuff. And when you when we walked in this earlier and you showed me that mm. phone, it cracked me up because part of uh, our rules that we have in our household around Instagram and other social media is that our kids don't have access to their own passwords in that. Mm. So we have the passwords. So if they do something really stupid, then we take their phone off them, etc. It's sort mm. of punishment. But one of the things that I um, that I have, I have a phone exactly like that that I then give the kids. Take their smartphone off yeah. them and give them an old-fashioned button phone, and they're like, well, "What am I supposed to do with this?" Well, your phone's there for taking phone calls and in an emergency. Yeah. And if you need to send a text, you'll have to sit there and go AAA BBB and push all the buttons. And, and I think we get good at that. Oh, oh no, I'm getting good at it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've had to relearn yeah, that. We yeah. use it for that purpose. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like it sits at home, and and that's the phone. And I want to keep this phone forever because yeah. it works beautifully. In the fact that if you do something stupid on your phone, or you backchat your mother, or whatever, and and party punishment is to lose your phone. Yeah, here's your phone. No problem at all. You can just use that and mate, pull it out in front of other kids. Yeah, mm, not going to happen. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's quite a status thing that I've got the new iPhone. Actually, I've got a 1972 Nokia. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the same, is it? So, mate, funny. what did you think you gained from you know, parents breaking up? Resilience, it seems like ability to adapt and respond, but also a mortal fear of having a fragmented family. It seems like yeah, you know, you, yeah. You, that's not going to no, happen. That's it's not, not on my agenda at all. No, you know, no. so. Um, I made that commitment and I'm, I'm sticking to it. You know, uh, you have to work at it. How do you deal with that when you have a blue with your missus? Cause everyone has blues with their missus. Do you, do, in your head, cause I know it used to happen to me yeah. in your head is like, Oh fuck, she's going to leave me. Like, is there always that thing way back here in your head where you go, I don't want that to happen. So you change the way that you do shit. Um, yes. 
you do change the, the way. I but asked, that was me. But, but yeah, no, I, I, yes, I do change the way I would do things or did things or I would do stuff in order to protect that, to stop that from happening in, in reality. You yeah. know, maybe it wouldn't. Um, so I'd end up not being completely authentic yeah. with her on that and um, we'd just say the right things just to keep, each other keep, sweet. keep it sweet. Um, but sometimes that was also strategic because, you know, it is an overreaction coming my way from something and, yeah. and I know that, you know, she needs to run through that and then I know, know well enough that she'll come out the other end and go, yes, yeah, sorry, I was being a dick. And, yeah. Um, you learn these things. Yeah, time, yeah. But then sometimes it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's that fear. Have yeah. you ever had the four kid conversation where you sit there and go, okay, we're at a point in our lives. We've got four kids now. There's no fucking way I'm bringing them up on my own. She goes, there's no fucking way I'm bringing them up on my own. Yeah. We're together forever, honey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always tried to be quite um, active with my parenting. Um, but I must admit. What do you admit, mean by that? Well, just being involved with the children, play with them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but I th- I'm definitely not the strong one when it comes to doctors, dentists, school. You know, I, I, I try to get involved, but. It's not my strength. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, but I try to, you know, I do try and step up and, you know, I'll start this new role on Tuesday, which allows me to be home office more so I can take the kids to school and, and get a bit more involved. Whereas before I was 12 hours out of the house and saw them maybe for five minutes in the morning and half an hour before they went back to bed. So, and that's what China was like as well with work for me. So mm-hmm. I was away three, four days a week. So my whole life's been like, yeah. Like you get used to it in yeah. the end. Uh, it's I feel not it a good thing. Bit. I don't think it's a good thing. Yeah. What? What? Like, obviously, you're that, whole, might, that might contradict with your. I'm going to make a shitload of money this yeah, year. Yeah, could do. Yeah, what? Well, what? From your point of view, obviously, your whole world's changed. Do you now find that you're trying to get more involved than you were because you're pretty involved to start with? But do you find now it's different? How? How does that work? I, uh, well, I think what I've learned with four kids and, you know, about 20 years in the game. Yeah, but 20, so we've got 12 children. Yeah, yeah, I, I did know. the stats before. It was wow. Fun. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> Go us. Not bad brutal. Back on the beer, you yeah. are now. <laughs> um, I think you don't have a parenting plan. I think people are people, kids are people, and you've got to engage with your uh, people as as human beings and you grow with them and you learn and you make mistakes. But it's that quality of that relationship at the end of the day. So it doesn't yeah. matter if you work 12 hours a day for five years, as long as you're reconnecting with them and building exactly. that relationship yeah. and they understand yeah. that it's not you just going off to play yeah. golf, but it's mm. you about providing a lifestyle and working and yeah. that's why mums doesn't have to go to work and that's why it's been – it's about, you know, explaining that and working with them yeah. and giving and trying to meet their needs as you move along. But you, you don't get it right. There isn't a particular no. style of parenting. No. Yeah, I mean, that's isn't. why I think it's funny with your new your new campaign. My new Chil- campaign. Children aren't raised arseholes. Yeah. Uh, no, children oh, aren't born arseholes. Born arseholes. They're raised to become arseholes. Well, that's my philosophy. It's how you define arseholes, really. <laughs> And I, you know, work with a pediatric uh, centre and deal with a lot of kids who have a lot of extreme behaviours yep. that has nothing to do with their parenting. I agree. Yeah. And so what we might see in the shopping centre yeah. might have anything to do with how someone's raised. I bet. Yeah. So sometimes kids, how do you define 
Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Some kids' behaviour is very, very difficult to manage and control because it's a a neurological, biological issue that's going on. I agree 100%. And so there's a balance, you know. You never win the nurture-nature debate. It turns out there's – it tends to be 50-50. But in certain things like IQ, this is going to freak you out, 75% can be – no, two-thirds, 66% can be accounted by your parents' IQ. Oh, shit. Although you like to think that children. you, <laughs> you like to think you mould and provide the conditions, I mean that still leaves thirty percent uh, up to you know how you nurture yeah. and how you're raised. But essentially, you can tell by how your parents would score an IQ test down to sixty percent, roughly how you would score. And that that startled me when I found out that statement. Wow. Oh, yeah. Where did your head go? Because mine went straight to my poor kids, as opposed to oh bugger, I wish my parents had a been brother. Which way did you go when you first oh, heard that? Kids. kids, yeah, yeah, I did too. I just went. It just makes sense. We might both, <laughs> my wife and I, are probably hard workers, but bat up the middle, and my kids bat up the middle, and yeah. uh, you know, there's mm. no, there's no great geniuses coming through our ranks. Well, not that you know of, not yet. And there's no. a two thirds, but you know, kids. And what thinking, defines a genius? Well, this is according to an IQ test, and you yeah. can't judge a fish, uh, the intelligence of a fish, by its ability to climb a tree. So we all have our unique ability, and there are oh, many. Boom. Many different types of intelligence, but on a standard IQ test, we can zero in on people's ability to remember and spit out information, uh, you know, fairly accurately, which is which is scary. It's a big stat, though, bud. Yeah, yeah, but this all also relates to behaviour and strategies of parenting, and yeah, of uh, and I think it's more less about parenting and more about relationship. Yep. Yeah, I uh, think those critical moments in someone's life where your dad needs to be mm. there and rock up and have a real conversation. Yeah. yeah, And that does not necessarily happen every day. And there's points in the time where you need to be nurtured and loved and cared for and there's also times when you need to kick in the ass, get out there and live and yeah, uh, yeah. go to Brunton and, and start yeah, a new yeah. life and find out well, who I you are th- and have the courage to move to China and <clears> then piss off to Australia. It's like, well, you learnt those skills, not necessarily from what your parents did, no. but, but how they created a space from which you could grow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think, uh, yes. I mean, I, my inspiration for leaving the country was from my grandparents more than my parents, I think, um, and the standard that I I set myself to regards to marriage and relationship is my my dad's mum and dad. You know, they, they went to war. They basically met, then went to war, didn't see each other for a few years, and then got back together and got married and, you know, had kids and stuff and, and – uh, I have this lasting memory with when I was sat with my uh, my nan and my granddad was out in the garden. This is probably not long before he passed away, actually. And she just looked up at him and went, that's my man. How old? Oh, that's probably when I was about, I was living in Brighton then, so I must have been in my early 20s. And how old point. were they? Oh, knocking the door of 70, 80, something like that, yeah. That. And that was just like, yeah, that's that's what I want. That's... And they've been through all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah, like my granddad was in Dunkirk and everything, so the stuff he's seen just doesn't bear imagining. But, um, you know, they, they built a life. They had three kids. and So that's my model. Not my parents, but them. My grandparents. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I, my, I, you know, my parents are fairly consistent and I had very similar grandparents yeah. as well, married for 60-something years. And uh, I think uh, my, my wife and I breaking up is a bit of a gift for the children. Yeah, because they're not fixed into any particular model. Yeah, you know, be true to who you are and where you are and the person you're with. And yeah, exactly. uh, if it doesn't, if it doesn't fly anymore, it doesn't fly. Yeah. But you know, you can commit to a to a to a long 
productive space with people as well. So I don't think it's, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think we get from, we've got to, got to deal with whatever we get. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think so in relationships too. I don't think I could get fixed into an idea. Well, I have to stay married for, for this reason. Well, that's currently why I am where I am. I yeah. I, I agree with that. I do agree yeah, with that. I'm yeah. not, not, you know, Even that's the a perfect world got, to project, guys, but I know the life can be different, but and I'm open to that. You guys are talking but, about yeah. the, how limiting your authenticity in a relationship. Yeah. Fascinating little compromise that you have to do in relationships, mm. isn't it? To what extent? To how far? You limit who you are by the magic 70 moment. Oh, geez, we had a good life together, Dale. I don't know. Deep, isn't it? Yeah. What provoking. But I love the fact, be who you are. Unconditionally, or you still filter? I think I still filter. Got a filter. I think you should, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a T-shirt. It's got a hashtag no filter. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the filter may be required. That's part of my warning in life. But um, no, I love it. Love be who you are, and I think that's a really good thing to teach kids as well. And it's, it's not easy. And it comes tough. So uh, I'm traveling. We had Christmas night. I'd spent Christmas Eve with the with the at our family home the last time, and uh, had the kids there. And I stayed over with the uh, with the with the ex misses. And uh, then I'm traveling back to my mum's house so I can cook the turkey. Did a uh, glazed cranberry turkey, which How good uh, was the turkey? as a vegetarian was fucking awesome. Did you eat the turkey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a, a season of meat. I call it. <laughs> so I'm predominant vegetarian. Between uh, New Year's and Christmas Day, I, I get Was there, there much bacon involved? No bacon, but, there, oh. but a lot of ham. I stay away from the yeah, bacon. Okay, There's yeah, a leg of layer of ham, so I carve it yeah, up. Yeah. You know, it's Christmas. It's a cultural thing, so I, I give myself that space. <laughs> but I'm driving back, and it's just hit me that this is the last time we're going to spend that kind of Christmassy space together. Yeah. So, and uh, that's the last time in the home. And Yeah, uh, that feel. And then on comes on, I don't know if you've heard of um, a song called uh, How to Make Gravy. Oh, why is his name escaping me? Anyway, it'll come up. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a magical song, an Australian song about, uh, about Christmas Day and he's not there because he's in prison and this whole kind of separation thing. And I just uh, cracked open for the first time in 10 months, just started to cry. And I felt like I was on the edge of it for a long time, but it just the tears just didn't quite come. Mm. And then they just fly. Paul, Paul Kelly, that's what I was looking for. And, uh, yeah, had to pull over, had to pull over on the side of the road and sat there and just had a, a really good fucking howl on the side of the road and uh, wiped my eyes off and went home. You're on your own. Yeah, it's by myself. So uh, it was interesting because I went home and uh, my my mum and dad separated They uh, the week of my wedding, actually, so 20 years ago. Um, mum and dad were there and there was a bit of kerfuffle because we, cause we needed to get the, the, the dinner on. And uh, I just said, yeah, yeah, just had a just had a bit of a meltdown, had a bit of a cry. And my mum and dad were kind of stunned. Didn't, really? quite, didn't quite know how to deal with that with that level of emotion. You're actually broken. No. Uh, you feel like you've got a bit of out of you now? Like do you feel that's just a little bit, that's lots more to come? Or you feel, fuck, I feel good now? Uh, I think it helped prepare me for the selling of the house and the yeah. final separation. Mm. And so everything's split now. So we're in a different space. I mean, I think my ex-partner came into that at a different point. Like yeah. Once we'd cleaned out the house, then she wanted to be emotional. And I felt like, well, fuck it. I was feeling that two weeks ago. So it was just an interesting to see how different yeah. people had different spaces. Did you tell times. her you had a 
broke. Yeah, yeah, told her and spoke with my kids about it too, and yeah. said I had, I had a bit of a moment. So it's it's, it's all out there. Yeah, it's nothing that I didn't feel any shame about it, but it did hit me with a ton of bricks. So it was yeah. just a, just a powerful, real, live moment yeah. of oh, that that hurts. That's a grief. The grief. That's the letting go. And uh, yeah. now, can we? That's the fer, the fertile the you know, that fertilizes the moving forward. But uh, it's like that when you move country. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's any yeah. of those changes. And I think <clears throat> that builds resilience into the capacity. So I think my kids' ability to adapt to change is slightly better than it would have been if we'd stayed yeah. together. Yeah, I reckon that's a fucking great note to leave it on. I seriously think that's a not really good lesson in life, and I think that's something that. Uh, we, we all can sort of take on board because it's pretty much happened to, in different circumstances, it's happened to all of us. And we've all had major changes in life and well, it's good to have a cry. Yeah, it, was a, it was a powerful moment and we should uh, pay Paul Kelly's How to Make Gravy as, we, as, we, as we're fading yeah. out. It'll, uh, it'll get, it'll everyone get, everyone will sit there balling their eyes <laughs> out. That's great. <laughs> uh, the last thing we always do on the uh, on what was used to be called the third beer is now the third organic kombucha um, is have a bit of a, a vision of what this drink did to you when you first uh, first opened it and tasted it, and then what we scored out of ten. And as normally, what do you reckon? It's on you, Chris. Start us off, mate. Uh, I'm at my girlfriend's house. Yeah, and uh, you know she's a lovely girl, and uh, we're hanging out. And uh, first time in my life, I'm debt free. And uh, I'm not drinking beer and I'm having a compulture on a, on a Friday afternoon and just sitting back and watching the sunset and thinking, nice one crazy bull of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, brother. Life is one crazy ball of shit. Yeah. There's the title for the podcast. That's super. What are we scoring that out of 10, champ? Mate, I love a compulture. And as I said, I mightn't be coming back to beer, so it's going to make the third beer a very interesting process. So I'm going to score this little hot boy. It went down very quickly and easily. Uh, nine out of 10. Nine. Very good. Where, where's your head at? Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a firm nine because I've tried a few of these kombuchas, but this one was really refreshing and... Yeah, it was a good I, alternative, I've, definitely. I think a lot of kombucha tastes like shit. So that giant ball of shit, sometimes kombucha tastes like that. But that's fucking beautiful. I really mm. like that. That was really, really good. Um, I'm with you on a nine. Um, I think it's one of the best that I've uh, that I've had. Um, could it replace alcohol? 100%. I've been long periods of time without booze. And um, there's always it's always mixing it up, trying to work out to have a coke, to have a lemonade, like with the soft drink type of stuff. And I think it's a really good replacement for a not like a, from a soft drink point of view. Mm. And that's what I've done at home now. I don't drink soft drink at home or anything. I just drink um, kombucha or or Nexpa, as it's called, which is like a sparkling water type thing. Mm. But mate, I really like that. That was well welcome to uh, the kombucha to the campaign. I am looking forward to having a beer with you though at some stage. We'll, we'll see, buddy. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes, mate. Very, thanks very much for coming in, buddy. It was oh, a ple- pleasure me. to it's meet you. fun. Jace, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always to good time. to see you, my friend, and uh, I look forward to having many more opportunities to chat about stuff with yeah. you. Because I think we should, in good. 2019, introduce Sexiest Voice of the Year, and I'd just like to say that <laughs> on the mic... This inclusion is he's open. Yeah, he's pulling, he's pulling he's some cords, isn't it? So I reckon, smooth, out of all smooth. the people we've had on this year... Definitely the sexiest <laughs> voice so far. He's number one. He's number one. Good to see you, brother. Welcome back. Thanks I look much. forward to uh, lots of these this year. Namaste. Have, peace and love. Namaste. Yeah, Good luck. Namaste. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Who's going to make the gravy?